Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast, here to amplify diverse voices in media. I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. Make sure to follow the podcast on social media at About to Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.com slash About to Review. If you go to AboutTreeView.com, you can find full links to these show notes and guests, as well as support the podcast, rate and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. I think I said podcast like four times in 20 seconds right there. Uh, so it is a lot, but find your podcast platform and it is on there at About to Review. Joining me on this week's episode is a friend and podcaster and filmmaker and producer and burlesque dancer and so many other things, the dubbed Oprah of the Underworld, Isabella Price. Hey, it's me. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> well, your audience didn't get to see as I dabbed on you. Oh, you you dabbed. <laughs> it was it was there. Not sure why, but it was there. So I had to let you know that I'm here. <laughs> nice. Thank I like it. You. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, so on this week's episode, we are going to do a getting to know you section mm. of Miss Isabella Price. Yeah. Uh, as well as a quick review of the new History Channel show, Project Blue Book. And then the Northwest Film Forum series uh, has a new thing that they are doing, hosted by one Isabella Bryce. That's quite the coincidence. I know, it was weird, right? Yeah, yeah, You would think I planned it that way. I know, right? (laughs) So we will talk about all of that on this week's episode. Before we get into that, we'll get into the original theme song created by Damien Randall of Ill-Mannered Media. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. How's that for the intro? You're intimidated by my dab. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I was just all I could think about was like, just say podcast more. <laughs> the dab was so strong. I thought maybe you had like a, you know, like you had like a like an underwriting thing, like I have to say podcasting fifty times. You would think so, but you know, no. Or else they're gonna shut me off. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> How dare they? Uh okay, so the first thing on the docket. Uh and I figured this would be a good time to talk about it because as I mentioned. Uh, Isabella is the Oprah of the underworld. Some would say, yes. And paranormal stuff and spooky stuff yeah. is the focus of her podcast. Sure is. Called Nocturnal Emissions. Yeah, that's not PG-13. <laughs> it is the name of a show. It is fine. That's true. And it is a scientific term. Yeah, that's true. That is what we are here to do on the About to Read podcast that's, is educate people. Yeah, that's exactly what my show is about is science. Science <laughs> fact-based things only. Yes. Certainly not dirty jokes. Nope. John. Definitely not. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, so her podcast is Nocturnal Emissions, and along those spooky paranormal lines, Mm. there's a new show Mm. on History Channel. It came out last week. I meant to do a review of it last week. Totally forgot. Uh, History Channel sent me a screener of this like two months ago. Whoa. Um, and, And yeah, so the show... Is Project Blue Book. Yeah, I don't know how anybody's going to be able to get over this, though, that you've been withholding this for so long. We've been waiting with bated right. breath. Please, John, tell us about the show. Yeah, well, and that was the thing. is like, it came out last Friday. Yeah. History Channel. Uh, it is based off of the, not even declassified, just kind of the true stories 
Ish. Um, yeah, true-ish stories of the U.S. Air Force through the 1940s and 50s. Yeah. As they sent people right. to investigate these paranormal activities, essentially to debunk them and calm down the public. Okay, but tell everybody who it stars, though. That it stars Littlefinger. It does star Littlefinger himself. Oh, uh, my God. From Aiden Game Gillen, of Thrones. Aiden Gillen. <laughs> uh, yes, as Dr. Uh, J. Allen Hynek. Yeah, don't call him Dr. Littlefinger. That's rude. No. <laughs> that would be for your show. <laughs> Fair. Um, I feel like you have had a guest before, Dr. Littlefinger. And if I mean, not, we I, should book that immediately. <laughs> I feel like that's like my Bond villain name, you know, oh. Dr. Littlefinger. Okay, so I'm writing that down. Good to see you, Bond. <laughs> Welcome to my lair. Yeah. It's just uh, gold cats. Everywhere. I was going to say, that sounds like very Eartha Kit. Yes. Um, yeah, so alongside of Littlefinger is Michael Malarkey, who <laughs> definitely sounds like he is in the Witness Protection Program. Yeah, Malarkey? That is his real name. No, it's not. Michael Malarkey. All right. Uh, he plays so. Captain, I forget his name, uh, Captain Michael Quinn. Yes, I was going to say Big Finger, but no, Big <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> no. Uh, I think I you're guess. on the wrong channel. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Game of Thrones season finale, my guy. It's coming up. Tr series. Wow. Series finale. Oh, I'm not ready emotionally no. or psychologically for that. I just want, you know what? I've never wanted incest so badly in my life. You I know? mean, there was a great meme. Yeah. When it was after this last season, when it showed a picture of season one mm. with certain uh, Lannisters okay. in a certain tower. Okay. Uh, having relations. And it says season, okay. season one incest. Boo. <laughs> Season four and says, yay. That's devious. Like, <laughs> that's that's how J.R.R. Martin, uh, he just, he did it to us. He whammed yep. us. He yep. was like, by the end of this, you're going to love, you're going to crave the incest. And he did it. He whammed us. Yep. He's a, he's a, just a sinister man. To the point where all of us are like, oh yeah, well, th this makes sense because yeah. of this and this. And I was like, yeah. okay. You know what? You got us. <laughs> I was willing to look away. This yeah. old man in a boat captain hat told me. <laughs> I was going to love it, and I do. And I feel sick, but also I want it so bad. I just yep. want them to be happy. That's it. You know there what I mean? There you go. Jon Snow has suffered so much. M man. Yeah. <laughs> so much. He's been through some stuff. Some tears for that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I just want him to be happy. I want baby Christina Aguilera to also be happy. Wow. Um, <laughs> even though she doesn't really deserve it, she kind of annoys me. Uh, her, the dragons. Mm -hmm. uh, I want little Stabby Stabby to also. Aria. Yeah, yeah, I want her to I be I knew exactly happy. who you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and I also want um, uh, little. Um, Bran, Sansa, uh, Tyrion. See, I was going to. I was, <laughs> I was like, I know the whole show. Just, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the nicknames that I have with everybody because oh. I can't remember. I call her Friar Crotch, though. That's inappropriate. Okay, that would be Sansa. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And I want her to be happy. Those are the only three, four-ish that make me, like, that I'm I'm in it for. Okay. You know what I mean? Sansa's got to come out on top. She has also suffered. She definitely has. Yeah. This is not what we came in to talk about. No, it is not. Okay. Uh, but it ties in because Aiden Gillian in this new show, Project <laughs> Blue Book. Uh, yeah. So about the 1940s, 50s. Yeah. So his character, J. Allen Hynek, and, you know, these are real people. Yes. Who, these are, were classified documents from the U.S. Air Force. They now have been pseudo declassified, and the show basically just talks about these historic events mm -hmm. from that. It takes that X Files yes. season like one through three approach okay. of maybe they are real, but here's a logical explanation. Yeah, where like yeah. you never. And once it got more into X Files, and it was like, 
oh, okay, no, there is a demon. Cool, cool. Now that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the X-Files, uh, don't get me started on the X-Files, my guy, because <laughs> I love the X-Files mm-hmm. so much. Same. Um, but yeah, it kind of takes this whole thing where it's like, in the beginning, it's like, we're just going to go along with these folks as they're exploring this thing. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe we'll figure something else out along the way. And then the X-Files started to be like, no, there's like a whole conspiracy. Yep. But then also maybe Mulder's crazy. But then also maybe Mulder's sister is a clone. But then mm-hmm. also maybe she's made of bees. Like oh. it just, was yeah. like, there was just so many things that were going on. Um, I'm obsessed with UFOs, like obsessed with UFOs. I uh, am constantly like, you've never seen drama unless you've seen UFO fanatic drama the ufo <laughs> fanatics and the flat earthers oh boy man that is some you want to talk about like love and hip-hop style drama <laughs> right. there's nothing compared to flat earthers and the ufo community mm-hmm. like i was just watching this documentary about this guy who's like i've made love to 300 different aliens <laughs> and, and like full on is like one alien's name is sheila you know it's like all this stuff okay it's wild mm-hmm. it's great and so i'm so excited about this show Finally, what, it's on the History Channel. Yeah. Finally, the History Channel understands you don't want real history. You just no. want this UFO stuff. Yep. You want ancient aliens. Mm-hmm. You want, did the aliens make the pyramids? Mm-hmm. Did the aliens, by the way, side note, even though this is like my third side note, mm-hmm. um, uh, so racist. Why do they always think like, because they're always just like, oh, aliens oh. created like the pyramids or like Easter Island and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, why is it always brown people that they think like the aliens like? Well, because you know, surely they were not smart enough to, to do, do these math. things. Yeah. yeah, they couldn't figure out four sides. Even though you know? they invented zero. Exactly, and my guy. But, yeah. yeah, dab on them. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> I, for the record, dear <laughs> listeners, in this audio medium, I did not do a dab. John just dabbed <laughs> on the UFO community. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, I'm so excited because they're finally being like, I mean, their top shows, Ancient Aliens. Like, Vikings, actually. What? Vikings. And it, they just announced that it is ending with this next season. Yeah. But again, on History Channel, yeah. which when you and I were growing up, History Channel was like black and white yeah. World War II footage and everything. Yeah. In the past, I would say, 10 years, mm. every other show is, the aliens did yes. this. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, it's great. sure. Because before it was <laughs> like, oh, we're going to do like a whole special on ancient Rome mm-hmm. or Greece or something like that. Every once in a while, they would do like a haunted history. Do you remember those right. shows? Right, yeah, yeah. That was, that was like peak for me. I was just like a little kid, if you can imagine, just eating that stuff up. Just mm-hmm. being like, I love this stuff, you know. And then they were just like, we're just going to do... I mean, I've seen every every episode of Ancient Aliens, 16 seasons of that. Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? And then they're going to like, we're going to do Bigfoot Hunters because mm-hmm. why not, you know? Searching for Bigfoot. Searching and all for Bigfoot, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know? And then they did like the Curse of Oak Island and they do all mm-hmm. this stuff, you know? Because like, that's where we're at right now. We don't want the truth, you know? Just give us a fictionalized version of yeah. these events yeah, and we would be fine. Yeah. So, and that is kind of what Project Blue Book is doing there, presenting, mm. you know, these real documents that you can find yeah but giving it that spin and so but like also the thing is though is i think we're at peak like we do not like the government oh 100 you know what i mean but like, like we nobody trusts the government yeah. and has not for a while so here it is like hey no here's a show about the government yeah. maybe knowing what is really going on but sh- telling these people to go investigate right mainly to give the public something to be like oh well here's this logical person's logical explanation of this event right cool Hands hands washed of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I like 
that aspect of it. And History Channel for over the past few years with Vikings, mm. with Nightfall, mm. and now with this, like the production value. Yeah. And not just on TV, because we have seen some amazing TV, but for the History Channel in particular, a, sh- a channel that is not known for these like yeah. wide ranging but it makes High so budget much shows. Sense. It does. You know, for them to take like a take a scripted fictional kind of approach, you know, mm-hmm. that makes total total sense. I, I don't know. Like, I love it. I love that kind of stuff. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I uh, we all distrust the government. You know what I mean? Right. We all know that. We all know the government lies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, unless and- they're listening to this, <laughs> then we love you, government. <laughs> it's the FBI agent that's been tracking me. It's like, oh, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> right. Come on. Oh, come Uh, So, like, we're at peak. We do not trust the government. I mean, like, there are people right now who are just like, I don't even know if the earth is round. That's how much they don't trust the government. I haven't seen, man, Uh. listen, how can I, if I keep sailing, how (laughs) can, I mean, if it's, if it's round, my guy, I mean, it doesn't make sense. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's just, there's ice shelf. You know oh. what I mean? I've seen Game of Thrones. They oh. got a wall, you know? <laughs> right. and you just keep sailing. You'll sail right off that cliff, it, you know? It just it blows my mind. And what is crazy, <laughs> and so your your podcast, Nocturnal yeah. Emissions, is on Hollow Earth Radio. Mm, mm. So you get the Hollow Earth people, the Flat Earth <laughs> people, and the UFO people. And it was like, I want to see that Venn diagram. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because if you drop something real heavy on the Earth, my guy, it'll <laughs> ring like a bell. That's yep. facts. And it will tilt. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. Science. Earthquakes. <laughs> uh, it was like that one thing that they, when they were like, uh, it was a flat earth society on Facebook where they were like, we've got followers all around the globe. Mm-hmm. And they were like, say that again. Yeah. But like slower. <laughs> right. Just so that you can hear. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I mean, you can see the sun, right? And you can see the moon <laughs> and you, you can see Mars and Mercury and they're mm-hmm. all round, like spherical. That is one thing that blows my mind is certain people when they believe in the flat earth thing, which is like, believe whatever you want. Okay. Go for it. So we're the only planet though that is flat. Yeah. Because they believe the other ones are round. Right. So why? That blows my mind. Yeah. Because if they thought everything was just planar. You know, so yeah. very D and D style, or even Norse mythology. Yeah, where everything is stacked. You have Asgard, Midgard, right. all of these things. Jormungandr, yeah. the serpent around it. Yes, with that Norse lingo. Yes, uh, you know, I was a nerd. <laughs> was what am I talking about? In the studio, there are comic books and Marvel stuff everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, if it were all like that, yeah, sure. But no. They think we are just the only one because we're beautiful and unique. It's like it's strange. It's like so we're just a floating penny in space mm-hmm. and that's like legit you know but I mean it comes down to this distrust of the government mm-hmm. to tell us things you know and it's like so much so to where we you can't even believe your own eyes you right. have to be like okay I've never flown across the globe I've never you know all these kinds of things I love that stuff I just eat it up I put mm-hmm. it in a little tub and I'm just I just love it so much <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that they're now just like leaning into to this and doing, I mean, Dr. Alan Heinrich is like the Beyonce of ufology. Yeah. He's huge. Mm-hmm. He is the P. Diddy, the Rihanna. <laughs> um, well, uh, and when like when he, when he passed away, like he is kind of this like martyr. Yeah. You know, almost because again, he was quote unquote there at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And I say that because so in Seattle and in the Northwest, mm. we have a deep UFO mm-hmm. History. Yeah. So 1947, Mount Rainier. Yes. That was the first kind of like 
people saw lights, people did all yes. this. The Chicago Sun newspaper, that same, I think it was like a month, the same month or the month later, mm. coined the term flying saucers yes. based off of that experience, Mount Rainier in 1947. Yes, drop this lore. Yes. So, like, I love it. We're just entrenched in the yeah. And We're the Pacific Northwest, so we have Bigfoot. I like, know. we have all it's of <laughs> spooky, all of those things. Yeah. And so, with. This show with Project Blue Book, it is kind of pulling back that veil a little bit. Mm -hmm. Anytime you get a quote unquote declassified mm. real story, yeah. it does lend that little bit more credence to it, no matter how fictionalized the event is. Because right. the first episode was about the the Gorman dog fight. And like mm. that is a, a real thing that you can look yeah. up and read the real reports from it. Yeah. So it is kind of fascinating. Okay. And so, mm -hmm. John, yes, do you believe in aliens? One hundred percent. Whoa! There is no way. And here is the, some of my listeners are like shocked. <laughs> no, they are not. I doubt I have any listeners who would be shocked about that. But it just like the arrogance mm. of people who think that we are it the in hubris. the in the universe. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I mean, and again, similar to how, okay, here, tying it all in. Yes. Okay. So when people were like, oh, these pyramids had to be built by aliens because brown people were not smart enough to figure it out. Obviously. Sure. And then you get humans who are like, well, we're the only carbon-based life form that could exist. Yeah. Cool. Why are we limiting ourselves to carbon-based life forms? Yeah, right. There are creatures on the planet. Yeah. That do not adhere to the life, the way, the things that we defer and determine what life is. Yeah. The planet Earth from like a few years ago, those little shrimp that mm. live on like geothermal vents. Yeah. That breathe sulfur. What's the name of that little piggy bear thing? You know that little piggy bear? And it's like, it's uh, got like eight Oh my limbs. gosh, my listeners are screaming at it. I can see it and right it, now. It's got that little face that like it is pushes called the, the water, pushes the water bear. It's something like that. Yeah. Little piggy um, bear, water bear thing. Yeah. That can like survive. Everything. Everything, right? And it's adorable, which mm -hmm. is great, you know. Uh, I'm going to have to, I have to look that up. The other going to bother bear. me and it is. <laughs> And, and I so, know that listeners are mad at me. You know, there's so many different... Yes, tardigrade. Tardigrade. Look at tardigrade. that little guy. He's trying his best. Yeah. So like they survive in almost any environment. Yeah. So we have organisms here oh, on this wow. planet that kind of defy stuff. So to think that we're the only things in the universe, come on now, get over yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Humans, get over so. yourselves. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, of course I agree 110%. The universe is vast. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, it's inconceivable really how large the universe <laughs> is, you know? And the idea that we're the only people who are capable of like, you know, wearing pants and creating podcasts is just <laughs> <laughs> stupid, you know? Yeah. I mean, think about that. Think about like the there's another can you like imagine there's another like alien species out there just being like I'm working on my podcast so I adhere to the Star Trek philosophy okay of first contact okay so the Vulcans yeah had known about us for a long time right they kept passing us by they're like you know what no not worth it yeah they've not developed warp warp drive warp drive <laughs> That was like, a that was a move that actually developed warp yet <laughs> well warp drive was a different thing that was a different channel I oh. think it was a movie. Anyway, okay. uh, but they had not developed warp drive. So yeah. Zephyrin Cochran had not developed that yet. So they're like, nah, wow, we'll leave a, him alone. What a nerd. So then when Zephyrin Cochran broke the warp barrier, yeah. that was their invitation. Like, okay, time to go say hi. Right. Granted, they did that. And then it, after a while, then you had the eugenics wars with Noonien Soong. We all, which we all remember. So we, st <laughs> there was a, we still had a lot to learn. Yeah. But I believe it's something like that. Yeah. Where those things that are out there, mm. they're not messed with us. They're like, 
you are bound to destroy your own planet. Nah. Right. You guys go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, like there's even they they just recently just had those signals that came from yeah. what was it was like something bananas. It was something like mm-hmm. 80 million light years away, mm-hmm. someplace that's like a long dead, probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? But even so, like there's like these frequencies that are coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. And I yeah, I mean, I think that it's like. Who's to say the reason why we haven't contacted them or they haven't contacted us is because of the fact that maybe they're in their ice age, you know, or yeah. maybe or we are still in our primitive form yeah. where we the things that we are getting those signals that we received. Yeah. Could very well be telling us everything. We just have no way to actually yeah, exactly. understand it. Yeah. Yeah. We're just children. We're babies. We're still dabbing on stuff like <laughs> infants you know Mm -hmm. i mean that that makes a lot of sense to me you know i think that it's really uh it's really hopeful at the end of the day to believe that there's something else out there you know because if you just believe that this is it uh you're gonna be real sad all the time uh because like humans are trash uh Mm -hmm. like sorry to bring it down but (laughs) (laughs) what it was like i was talking to recently i had uh stephen smith who's an astrophysicist, works for NASA on the podcast. Yes. And we talked about that because there was a great quote. Humans are trash? You talked about that? No, not that. (laughs) The quote is, there are two possibilities Mm. when when it comes to life in the universe. Yeah. Either we are alone in the universe or we are not, both of which are equally terrifying. Yes. Yes, that's a good quote. That in and of itself, it is like... That's like a tramp stamp. You know what I mean? You just... Did you see mine? I mean, I thought I... (laughs) I thought for, I mean, that's a, that's a classic (laughs) tram stamp. (laughs) I mean, like that, that is, it's, it's terrifying, Mm -hmm. right? You know what I mean? No matter, again, no matter which way. Yeah. Because if we are alone in the universe, that sucks. Yeah. It's Because that means we are it. Yeah. That's terrible. Refuse to believe that. Yeah. But if we are not, what else is out there? And again, in my belief, why are they ignoring us? They don't like us. Exactly. They don't like our clothes. Like a hairdo's, no. <laughs> it's like y'all are whack. They say oh. Mike. They saw Mike Coulter do the dab, and they're like, "The dab has ended." <laughs> yeah, they're like, "How can we interact with these people? Like, look at them, you know? Yeah, yeah gross humans with their yeah. two eyes and their faces. Uh, <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Carbon-based life form. Ugh. <laughs> they just hate it. I understand that. You know what I mean? I mean, I've seen cargo shorts. You know? Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, take uh, that. Yeah, that. The, yeah, special shout out to a couple people listening to this who know very well uh, who they are, who also hate cargo shorts, and have helped friends of ours yeah. get rid of their cargo shorts. They're a purge. So, yeah, yeah, that is for you guys. You know who you are. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so with Project Blue Book, yeah, super excited. The second episode already aired by the time this episode comes out. Mm. They're just going to do 10 episodes mm. in this first season, which is smart. Yeah. They're not doing 15 or 18. They're it's just doing 10. So far, like the numbers from season one or season one, episode one. Yeah. We're solid. Yes. With Vikings ending mm. this season. I think this, I mean, again, the production value is not the same as Vikings. It is not a historical uh, yeah. thing. Well, it is just 20th century. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it could easily kind of slip into that spot and become the new thing. Yeah. On History Channel. Yeah. So I think that Project Blue Book needs what Vikings has, which is Fauxhawks. I was going to say, I was waiting for like, Norse people? Yes. Um, yes, they need braided fauxhawks. A lot of fauxhawks in that, in that show. Fo- Men and women. Yes. Equal it, opportunity fauxhawks. I love it. I so. love it so much. There's just so many, just a single braid. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think that that's really what Vikings had going for it. Nothing else. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
Fair. I watched, I think, a couple episodes in season one. Yeah. And I had everybody being like, it's so great. And I was like, cool, I bet it is. Not happening. Yeah. I just, Vikings is it's a weird sort of a thing to me. I mean, I just, I feel like we've, we focus so much on Norse mythology and Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. I would like some other mythologies, yeah. other cultures out there, you know, than the Norse stuff. Uh, that, and when I see a bunch of white people, I get real nervous, so... <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> On a boat, you know. Yeah, just, um, with axes. I can't. Mm. It makes me real sweaty, so I can't do it. So. Fair, fair. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited about this show. Um, I can't wait to to dive into it. Um, I mean, like, I love even them, like, covering the kind of real Im- embedding the stuff, because mm-hmm. they have to embellish. They can't. Of course. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, it's still TV. Right. Like, still, they, so far... In the episodes that I have seen, yeah. you know, so far that I was able that they were able to send to me, there is kind of a a storyline that they they have to weave these through. Yeah, if they were just like, and then Doctor J. Allen Hynek and Captain would end here, and no, yeah. you need to kind of weave in something, right? Um, some drama, some family stuff. Yeah, oh, they're de- some relationship they're stuff. You know what I mean? You know, so. it's like John, why are you always out chasing aliens? Right. The babies need you here. You know, stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, like John Junior wanted to play baseball <laughs> right. with you, but you're chasing the aliens. You know, yeah. Not that that is you know his job yeah. or anything. So yeah. shut up, wife. Right. <laughs> it is the '40s, so I mean. <laughs> That very well could happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about this. I mean, like, as long as they try to do some historical stuff, because there's Mm -hmm. so many questions out there. There's so many stuff where it's just like, it really is unexplained, you know, Mm -hmm. and there are people who are trained um, uh, uh, policemen and airport airport people. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Pilots? Pilots, uh-huh. <laughs> colloquially known as pilots. Yeah, the, the airplane people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the people that do the planes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and there's all these people who are like military people mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Do you know who the hugest person right now in the UFO community is? Uh, no. It's Tom DeLonge from Blink-182. <laughs> Yes, is huge in the UFO community. Uh, He was like, I've got documentations and I'm busting this thing wide open. Wow. And he's like a huge UFO guy right now. And so, yeah, the guy from All the Small Things Mm -hmm. is about to expose, he's like our molder, which is like exactly Mm. what we deserve. You know what I mean? A blink one eighty. Woof. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, he needs to do something to keep him relevant because nobody has talked about him in 20 years. So, you know. Yeah. Pop punk had it had its phase. It sure did. Yeah, retire that stuff. Yeah, dab on it. No, do not do that either. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so definitely check out Project Blue Book. Um, I might do a season wrap up nice. uh, in a couple of months. This is definitely a show where after they do the first season, give it like a month or two, and they're probably gonna put it on Netflix because yeah. History Channel has a really good relationship with Netflix. Yeah, put it on there, and then I think people will binge it, and then yeah. season two is most likely going to get greenlit. Yes, so. Cool. So that was Project Blue Book. Now, the person that I've been talking to for, for a while now, uh, this is the Getting to Know You. Getting to Know Isabella Price you. edition. Are you going to sing it? Or are you going to sing the song from The King and I? I would. But, oh. you know, copyright. Oh. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, it's, oh, no. Nobody cares. <laughs> um, what is funny, so actually there's a tie-in with The King and I mm. and my favorite musical of all time and in my top 10 movies of all time, West Side Story. Wow. The same woman who voiced uh-huh uh who basically kind of dubbed over voices yeah back in the kind of golden age of musicals uh-huh she did the voice in a king and i and in west side story of maria really so uh narnie i want to say marnie nixon 
something like that. Yeah, sounds like a so name. yeah. And what is kind of what kind of sucks is it was not until West Side Story was wrapping up mm. that they were like, <clears throat> spoiler alert, uh, you are getting dubbed over. Wow. Yeah. So she did not know. Went through the whole movie without knowing. Similar to Darth Vader. Shady. I mean, Shady at the boots. same time, you know, if it was not kind of up to snuff. Yeah. So. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of yeah. rude. But yes, King and I, uh, good musical. Thank you. Uh, that is also in my top, ooh, I would put that in my top 10 favorite musicals. Okay. But. Let's do a musicals episode. Okay. Do not even, uh, as soon as you said <laughs> that, I know that one of my listeners, Lisa, mm. is going to be sending me a tweet as soon as she listened to this being yeah. like, I told you. She has been wanting to do a top 10 musical episode you for should. like years. Yes. Okay. In 2019. Yes. I will make it happen. Yes. Um, January and February, as far as big movies go, uh, it kind of slows down. So right. this would be a good time to do it. Yes. Peer okay. pressure. I will, I will make it happen. Yes. Top 10. Cool. I will make it happen. Uh, so. Yeah. Isabella. Hi. So Queen or Oprah of the underworld. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that's what people have said. You know what I mean? <laughs> Certainly mm-hmm. not something I made up about myself. It's something <laughs> that other people have said about me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They've also called me, you know, uh, the real housewife of Transylvania. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that's a good one, right? Yeah, like yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I try to do, you know, the, the fresh witch of Blair. You know, mm. that's a good one, too. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just you know, flying out, you know. You know I mean? that I'm stealing all of these ideas, right? <laughs> For yourself. <laughs> yeah, and making T-shirts of them and then taking all of the money. <laughs> Man, if you could just, if you could make some T-shirts, give me like, give me like 20%. 15. I, whoa. I mean. <laughs> wow. Undercutting me on my own property. Wow, the biz is tough. Hey, you know. Man, all you, right. You, what, you think podcast keeps the lights on? I know, <laughs> started <laughs> uh okay so yeah so you have this this term and these you know mm. obviously this passion yeah for horror and mm. paranormal activities and all of these types of things uh-huh. so where what was the first kind of movie or tv show we already talked about x-files so you yes. cannot use that love it but what was that first either horror tv show or movie that really kind of pulled you in and you were like this is it like this connects with me Ooh, the the real answer is so pretentious. Oh, boy. I know. This is going to be some deep cut 1950s movie that nobody <laughs> has heard of, which just like when you did your panel um, at Emerald City Comic Con. Yeah. Oh, no, what was the most recent one? Geek Girl Con. Geek Girl Con. Okay, so she did this Women in Horror yeah. panel, which was awesome. Thank you. This... This woman yes. across the table from me uh-huh. starts throwing out these deep cuts, yeah. knowing that nobody in the audience is, <laughs> audience is like, oh, I remember that movie. Whatever. <laughs> She's like, well, this 1960s Italian movie. blah, And it was like. Get into it. <laughs> level your game up. Right. It was just like, I could, it was it was a level of humble bragness where yeah. I was like, oh, oh, you guys don't know about this? Oh, well, I guess that's, that's your fault. I mean, like everybody's seen this one, like 1972, there's only one Laserdisc copy <laughs> right. in the entire world. You know, mm-hmm. I got a bootleg VHS of it. We've all seen it, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I think that horror movies, it's like it's like a collector's thing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can you acquire knowledge from just sort of watching a film. So it's like it's it's different than most other genres where it's like these are the agreed upon films that we're all going to watch in order to have these conversations about this. Mm-hmm. In horror, it's like I have seen 
all four versions of this one terrible Italian zombie movies. And then other people will be like, what's that like? Tell me, how Mm -hmm. does it feel to have that kind of arcane knowledge inside of you? (laughs) And it's very strange sort of a thing, you know, to be like, I saw the unedited version of this terrible movie, Mm -hmm. you know? And to pass that along. And it's like the the unique thing about horror is that it doesn't have to be good to be good. You know? Yeah. Most horror movies, they don't um, actually do well uh, if they're good. Um, Interesting. Yes. This is, this is a really wild thing. Like the higher the production value, the higher the critics score for a lot of horror movies, mm-hmm. the lower it actually does uh, in, the, in the box office. So hmm. you think about movies like... Uh, the Nun, for example, which if you have not seen that movie, is the worst train wreck movie I have ever seen in my entire life. It was it was awful. I forgot about it on my worst of list yeah. of 2018. But oh man, it was painful to sit painful. through. Painful. That movie made so much money, <laughs> yeah, my guy. True. Uh, a bajillion dollars. <laughs> the movie is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but another movie like Hereditary. Right, which was very good, very mm-hmm. well written, very thoughtful. Did not do very well. Like people did not like it that. Although much. it is starting to pick up. I mean, it has picked up a few awards yeah. from like local. I mean, I say local, like national. Yeah. Film critic societies. Okay, but horror fans don't care about that. I feel like though, with the Oscars, like with the Academy, mm-hmm. with Screen Actors Guild, I think it might get a little bit of play there. I hope so. Uh, with screenplays, especially. Yeah. Uh, with Hereditary, so Hereditary and A Quiet Place, I think are. Two of the horror films mm. that might kind of like break into that yeah. mainstream award category. Yeah. I mean, like, I did not like A Quiet Place. Okay. Um, but I think Hereditary was brilliant. It was mm-hmm. so good. Tony Collette ripped that movie apart. Yeah. My guy. She acted so hard in mm-hmm. that movie. Like, she like burst her own blood vessels in that movie. It was so good. The transition, and I've talked about this on my show before. Mm. The transition in that scene where she goes from screaming, yeah, to then dead silent, yeah, and looks like, and that twenty thirty seconds, yeah, she crushed it. Where like, she's that like was screaming, just... and then she pulls it back yep. immediately, you know. And the part where she's like, "Oh man," the part where she's like, "I didn't even want you to be born," and yeah. like, I mean, like that, <laughs> like cool. hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Like it's it. It was just, it was such a good, good movie. And I think that horror is, it's a really strange kind of a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's its so much about it is about, um, it, it's about the experience that you have, not necessarily sort of what you're getting out of it. Yep. You know, the plot line doesn't really matter. The acting is sometimes real questionable, you know? True, very the effects true. also sometimes very questionable, yep. you know? But it's like, that's not really the point. Um, so I grew up Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm from the great state of Texas. Uh, hey. I mean, I thought I smelled something when you hey. came in. I hey thought... now. That's greatness that you're oh, smelling. Oh, boy. <laughs> Wait, what part of Texas? I'm from this. It's a it's a little town in the in Midlands, Texas. So on the on the flat prairie part of Texas, gotcha. Tornado Alley, mm. uh, where where tornadoes God comes through and just wipes <laughs> right. the earth clean, mm-hmm. and yet the humans just keep coming back. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. Cockroaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Yeah, it's it's uh I was not allowed to watch horror movies. Okay. I was not allowed to watch anything that was like m- anything bloody, 
anything gory, anything with boobs. I wasn't mm. allowed to do anything. And in the 80s and the 90s, that was all horror movies were. <laughs> so it's like you know? every horror movie, usually in the trailer, yeah. would show some woman scantily clad yeah. coming out of a lake or a bathtub right. or something. Yeah, chainsaws, machetes. Yep. Everybody's getting disemboweled. Like, that was what horror movies were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was not allowed to watch that. But my parents are huge, like, Hitchcock fans. Oh, okay. Uh, huge Roger Corman fans. Love it. You know? And so I would watch a lot of those kinds of films, including one Vincent Price. Mm. Um, Who also, did 800 movies. <laughs> yes. Also known as my Zaddy. Um, mm. And so mm-hmm. uh, uh, my spiritual father, uh, which is <laughs> where I get my last name from, mm. uh, he granted that to me in death mm-hmm. through a seance. Um, so, uh, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch anything that was really bloody, but I did watch a lot of these like gothic kinds of okay. things, you know. So more and of so, the kind of art house horror. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. More of like more heady, suggested horror. So then what is your pretentious thing movie that got you in that really kind of hit you the first time? Um, th- the answer is uh, F.W. Mornow's 1921. <laughs> Don't you scoff at me. I told I, I you. Knew. Okay, go ahead. Um, uh, the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, hold no, on. No. Let me find a cricket F. sound w. effect. Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> Am I right about that? F.W. Mornow, uh, or did he do Nosferatu? Oh, man. Now I'm confused. Uh, either of those two. Okay. Nosferatu and then uh, the, the the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Uh, I hated horror movies all through um, high school. I, I was too hmm. scared. I did not like them. Okay. Uh, then well, I Well, because took... it was the devil. Yeah. It was so. bad. You know, mm-hmm. it was gratuitous. You know, mm-hmm. I was an angry little feminist baby, you know, just being like, this is like, you know, it's it's exploitation. Yeah, it's derogatory yeah. towards women and stuff like that, which I think is still a fair point because there's yeah. a lot of problematic elements in horror. Very you much know so. what I mean? Um, and so uh, I really did not like it. You know, I thought it was just mindless and gross and stuff like that. But then when I started to watch these older horror films and really break them apart, I started to understand horror for its elements. The elements of design, of sound. Mm -hmm. Horror utilizes every element of filmmaking more so than any other kind of. I mean, you can have a film that's like a historical drama that's really using a lot of natural light. For sure. It's not really changing anything. Um, Sound, you could have it with natural sounds. You know what I mean? Horror, though, is a full, it's a full, all your senses are being just assaulted with horror movies, you know? Yeah. Lighting is utilized so well in horror movies, you know, the absence of it, the the use of the sparse use of it, sound, when sound comes in, sound triggers, things like that, you know. There's just so many different kinds of things that are happening. The the uh, design, the color design with horror films, all of those things. And I I just when I started to break down the horror film, mm-hmm. how it's put together to manipulate, because at the end of the day, all films are manipulative. They're all uh, manipulating you to feel something, to experience mm-hmm. something. All films are lies. Uh, I'm sorry yeah. to tell you this. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> 
But what you're seeing in that box isn't actually happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a recording. and But yet, when you watch it, you think you're watching something real, you know? It's a manipulation of light and sound. And horror utilizes that in a way that is so unique um, that every time that I watch a horror movie, I get something else out of it, you know? And so when I started watching those and then going through Hitchcock, uh, Corman, um, going through like Italian exploitation films, black exploitation films, right. um, going through uh, even all the way up to uh, J-horror, um, yeah, yeah. Korean horror, mm-hmm. stuff like that. The more that I got into it, the more I was just like, I actually love this. But also one of the things is I was allowed to watch uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? And oh, that was my jam. That as a was kid. my mom's favorite really? scary movie. Yeah. Um, I bought it for her on DVD when they first released on DVD in like I want to say the late nineties. Yeah. You're talking about the TV show. Oh no, I was thinking of um, the movie. It was a black and white movie. Oh um, yes. I think it was called Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, where a woman is blind. Yes. And these kind of like criminals are in her apartment. You're talking about the one with Audrey Hepburn. I think so. Yeah, I think that's what you're thinking of. Okay. But there was a show. But the TV show, yes. Do you remember in the Nickelodeon, 90s? right? Nickelodeon, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that and I used to sneak copies of Scary Stories to Tell in the in the Dark. Right. Uh, and uh, I used to sneak a lot of Anne Rice books when I was a kid, mm. which was in the restricted section of the, wow. <laughs> of the town library hey, at least they had it though yeah i mean yeah because it was sinful vampires and stuff you know sucking blood the devil it's a devil <laughs> <laughs> for all the kids are gonna start sucking blood and dropping right? out of school and doing dope you know uh, can't all, have that all of the dope <laughs> so yeah like that that there were these little things that kind of led me into that and uh I just um, I just have an appreciation for it now. Uh, now that I've learned how to appreciate it, mm-hmm. how to see it, and I think for a lot of people, their whole thing where they're like, you meet a lot of people who are like, I don't watch horror, you know, right? More so than any other genre of movie. Like, you know, you never have somebody being like, I don't watch historical dramas, you know, like who <laughs> has feelings like that? Like, what are you? I. I- I try and avoid rom-coms. Okay. Because they're generally just dumb and pedantic. That's true. Um, but you've seen some rom-coms that yeah. you like. Uh, one or two. Okay. Maybe. All right. But yeah, it, for whatever reason, horror does have this stigma attached to yeah. it. Where if somebody says, oh, I like horror movies, mm. immediately people are like, what? Yeah. As opposed to like, I like action movies. People are like, oh, well, that's not mature enough. Yeah. And so I just, I find that so weird. And especially when it comes to, like we're talking about with awards and the Mm. Academy, there's this almost fear of labeling Mm -hmm. your movie a horror film. Yeah. Because that almost uh, nearly takes it away from awards consideration. Right. For a lot of the major awards. Like the critic societies, they love that stuff, especially Mm -hmm. Seattle. Like Seattle loves horror films. Really? The Pacific Northwest loves horror films. Okay. I mean, we have a... Seattle 48-hour horror film project. Sure do. That I'm a sponsor of and I go to every year and I cover. That does not exist in other... We also have like Bleeding Ham. Yeah. There's a... What's it called? A Bone Bat, which is the comedy yeah, festival. Yeah. Horror comedy festival. There's Crypticon, the horror convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, there is this kind of misunderstanding of... 
it's like whenever people say like I don't like anime. It's mm. like it's not that you don't like anime. It's just that like you don't like the anime that you have either seen yes or you do not like your friend who likes anime. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly it. It's like you just haven't found the anime that you right. like, you know? And for a lot of horror, it's like, okay, but there's so many different genres. There's so many different mm-hmm. types. And if you could just find the type of horror that you like, you know? For me, like I, like I said, I don't like rape revenge. Mm-hmm. That's the one genre that I absolutely hate. I also am not a big fan of torture porn. Yep. Um, those are the two kind of genres that I, even though I consider myself to be a fan of horror, I'm not seeking that stuff out. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I love a gothic horror story. Give me something with some demon children. I love anything with some demon kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me something with a haunted manor, you know, mm. with creaky floorboards, right. you know, and like a, a wife chained in the attic, you know, stuff like that. Like there's, there's so many different kinds of things that you can find. There's more psychological things, you know. There's more emotional things. There's there's just so many kinds of things that you can find. So. Now, now with, I mean, yeah, I mean, with all those different genres mm. and those different ways that it makes you feel and yeah. those, the way that it emotionally manipulates you. Yeah. Do you know of a film, a horror movie or maybe a series, a TV mm. series that encapsulates the experience of horror in your mind the best? That's a hard one. That's a hard one because, I mean, like, it comes down so much to taste, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like horror movie fandom, much like most fandoms, uh, is just... um, uh, Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) People Mm -hmm. can be really not nice about it, you know, Um, about your taste and what you like and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think... Oh, man. I think that uh, one of the best, uh, I like a horror anthology. Okay. I think that you can always find something that you like in a horror anthology because if you don't like something, just wait 15 minutes and something new Mm. will pop up, you Mm -hmm. know? Uh, And so there's a lot of really great horror anthologies. Um, One of my favorites is Creep Show, which came out in the 80s, which is super neon pink and super bright and super, uh, uh, yeah, it's like all these neon. That is the one where he becomes a plant. Yes. Yes. Stephen King. Right. uh, A Goofy as the day is long, yeah. um, he becomes yeah. It's uh, it's based off of this um, H.P. Lovecraft story about this plant that crash lands into Earth and right. just takes over everything. And it's so it's so cool uh, that or. I would also recommend one of the greatest shows, um, which is horror adjacent, I would mm. say, which is The Twilight Zone. Oh, yep. Uh, the Twilight Zone, which is... Original or... Because there was like that 90s version, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. The 90s version, they were t- really trying to get that spirit back. You know what I mean? Um, but the original Rod Sterling, I mean, you just... He wrote every single one of those episodes himself. Oh, he himself. did? Yes. Rod Sterling wow. like, wrote every episode. <laughs> he hosted every episode. Mm-hmm. We just we they didn't understand how much of a genius he was at that time you know and so the show was so ahead of its time you know it had so many different messages but a lot of it's like a lot of it's pretty horrific Mm -hmm. uh there was an episode 
I was just watching, uh, which is about, uh, it's essentially about global warming. Um, it's just, it's the last days on earth before, mm. um, ev- like before it's too hot to live before oh. everyone dies out. So next Tuesday. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah. And it's wild because it's like in the 50s, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? And it's these people who are in this apartment uh, and nothing's working. Everything is melting. The, the radio's melting. Jeez. Glasses are shattering. And it's just like four people in an apartment who are just like waiting out the last moments of their life. Uh, and it's terrifying, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, movies like, TV shows like that, um, TV shows like... Uh, um, uh, the Tales from the Crypt, which is a classic mm-hmm. '90s. Um, How do you fall on the? I mean, I know that you appreciate her, sure. Elvira. Oh, now, mom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even in the '90s, like when Tales from the Crypt was on, like it was. I remember watching that like at a friend's house because we definitely never, like, we rarely had cable. Yeah, we only had it in like little points here and there. Yeah, so I'd watch something at a friend's house. Watching Tales from the Crypt, like, the story sometimes would be really scary, mm. but then the Crypt Keeper would come in and, like, yeah. say a joke about boobs or something, yeah, and would yeah. be like, ha, 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 and kind of forget about it. <laughs> yes. And then Elvira's kind of whole shtick yeah. was just boobs everywhere. It sure was. But I never really remember her show. Okay. Like, I remember her. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I mean, because I was no, a young a, boy. There's you know? a, right. Something really stuck out to you, apparently. Yeah, two, two things. things. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. um, Nailed it. <laughs> So, you know, the the reason, though, is is because Elvira really wasn't on TV like how we think she was on TV. Really? She was only syndicated really through California. Oh, uh, okay. And her TV show was really only syndicated, like, God, for, I think, maybe four years. Hmm. So it began really locally, California local, and then it kind of expanded. And then they would replay some episodes oh, okay. on TV elsewhere in little pockets all over the U.S., you know. But the genius of Elvira is her marketing instinct. (laughs) Her thing was, I'm going to sell images of myself. And her branding became more popular than her TV show. Her TV show was just like, it was something to get her started, you know. But what really got her big was... um, uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Uh, that was the was her, movie, which right? Which is her movie. Okay. Uh, uh, the second movie, which was uh, Haunted Hills, I think is the name of it. Okay. Um, and all of the toys and shirts and posters and mm-hmm. cutouts and pinball machines. I mean, that was brilliant. Like hmm. a, such a move to make in the in the nineties. Like who was thinking about that kind of stuff? You know, for yeah. her to be like, I want to sell the image of Elvira. You know, hmm. costumes, Halloween costumes, wigs, makeup lines. I mean, like brilliant. It was brilliant. So I mean, th- it makes sense, yeah. and I guess that does. Now that with that knowledge, it makes sense. Like why I do not really have memories of a show. Like I vaguely remember Elvira, Mistress of the dark but i don't think i've ever seen it all the way through maybe just like clips here and there Mm -hmm. but it was just yeah she is just again when we think of like 90s and yeah she is iconic uh, yeah iconic yeah but i never really understood why yeah i mean you know there's just she's she's a long person in a line of that prototype you know okay and so 
Like it began with Charles Adams. He was the guy who created the Adams family. Okay. There was an unnamed character who was the matriarch of the home. Hmm. She had long black hair and she wore this tight little dress. Um, She had. It was not before Morticia? Yeah. So she was unnamed for the beginning when Charles Adams was first coming out in the New Yorker. He made these little comic strips. She didn't have a name. The name came at the TV show. When the Adams Family television show wait, wait, came out. It was not a TV show first. No, no. You were blown to mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you're giving me some horror history yeah, right now. Yeah, lay it on me. So it was Charles Adams had a comic strip in the New York Times, uh, and it was this little gothic family that would do these little creepy gothic things, you know? Like the opposite of Family Circle. Yeah, that <laughs> was the like, whole joke, is right. that they would do things that were just like, just a complete 180 of the societal norms, you know? Hmm. And that was the humor of them, that they were this creepy... Um, a subversive family. Okay. That got made into a television show where then everybody got names, including Morticia Adams. Okay. Whose look was kind of perfected, you know. Then uh, Vampira had a TV show and Vampira yeah, yeah. was like this uh, Malinermi, I think is how you pronounce her name. She had these high arched eyebrows. Wait, vamp- uh, never mind. I was thinking of Vampirella, but Vampiri. Vampira, yes. Who huh. had, she was the first one who appeared on television. She had this little tiny little wave uh, she would always she looked like that 24-7 long black nails hmm. black lipstick she had a television show for I think two years okay right then you had all these kind of offshoots you had all these you had Vamp- Vampirella mm-hmm. you had all these other that kind of that prototype of like pale uh, curvy tight waist you know cr- sexy crypt kind of woman mm-hmm. then you had Elvira who kind of turned that into a humor thing. Um, yeah, because again, similar to Crypt Keeper, yeah. it was, I remember more jokes yeah. than being scared. Right, because Cassandra Peters, who plays Elvira, mm-hmm. she is a stand-up comedian. So she started as a stand-up performer. Gotcha. And so she was bringing her stand-up um, live performance work in as Elvira. Uh, and then, so then that whole thing kind of spawned, I mean, and if you can imagine, like, I, I am not... Elvira whatsoever like (laughs) she and I do not look the same Mm -hmm. spoiler alert for your listeners (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am uh, very black obviously Um, and curvy and so like that Mm -hmm. the kind of pale gaunt thin kind of person I I never really even though I related to her personality and her style and how funny she was I never looked at her and was like that's gonna be me you know because it's just it, it was never gonna happen so, but I wanted to take my my personality and and turn that into something um, that made sense in that that whole sort of genre. So, gotcha. I was trying to find. I just reached over. Yeah. Because um, yeah, in the so Vampirella. Yeah. In the comic books, like she was kind of that. I mean, her costume is very unpractical. It is just a, a, a red. It's like a Borat situation. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> But then, like, from that, then you had, like, Purgatoria. Yes. And, like, so, I mean, those Lady comics. Death. Yeah, in the yeah. 90s, it was just. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. They, they were, and they were everywhere. Yeah. The, uh, like, Rob Liefeld. Ugh, Man, yeah. he loves that kind of stuff. <laughs> he sure does. And I have a whole stack of those that I meant, I took out specifically to give to a friend because she mm. collects that. She is also a burlesque performer and nice. everything. Um, and so I have those around here in the studio somewhere, but, but yeah. anyway, like that archetype, like I had no idea that that 
A came from a comic strip. Yeah. And then, I mean, Morticia Adams, that makes sense as like the prototype. Mm -hmm. And then leading up to Elvira. Yeah. And then I guess, I mean, the only person I could think of, quote unquote, these days Mm. would be like Dita Von Tees. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I I think there's a very thick line between uh, Vampira, Elvira, and Dita Von Tees, Mm -hmm. you know, of like how they had this very like retro kind of feel to them, the kind of rockabilly kind of a feel, you know? And so I think there's a very, and that the pale face, the Mm -hmm. jet black hair, you know, um, and this femme fatale kind of element that they all have. I think that that's, that's a, it's a very thick line between all of those people. You know, but there's really not, um, there's really not like a major, there's so many girls on Instagram who look just like Elvira. Well, Elvira still performs, like she is still around. She is a hot woman. I mean, like she's still like boobies up to her neck, you know what (laughs) I mean? Like she is still, she's still out there doing her thing, you Mm -hmm. know? She was doing Knott's Farm, uh, the haunted ride for Knott's Farm until last year. Like, yeah, she just was like, I have enough money. I'm good. So <laughs> And she I mean, yeah, she has had enough money for yeah. a while. She's doing great. Yeah. Merchandising did wonders for her skin. That is interesting. Yeah. I, I, again, I yeah. The the marketing side of it that she was she was the brand. Yeah. You know, it was not necessarily her products or whatever, like right. that image. I mean, I guess similar to almost like Betty Page. Yeah. Or like when you think of those iconic just images. Right. You see Betty Page kind of Everywhere you probably imagine the drawings of Betty Page more so than you actually even imagine the real actual photographs of her. Uh, I have seen plenty of photos of Betty Page. Okay, we <clears> didn't <throat> need to get uh, so personal. <laughs> well, mainly because that was somebody where, I mean, I remember seeing mm. pictures of her like in various things, or yeah. yeah, like the sketch, like the the cartoon type versions. Yeah, and I never really understood it mm. until I got older, and then I saw the real pictures and stuff, and I was like. Okay, I kind of get it. Marilyn yeah. Monroe. Yeah. That was another one where, like, I did not understand Fair. people's fascination, men's fascinations and women's fascinations. Yeah. For this decade, you know, decades and decades. Mm. Then I started watching movies that she was in. Yeah. It's like when you see her, when you see Marilyn Monroe in, in All About Eve. Yeah. She was only in it for like 10 minutes. I know. And you're just instantly like, who is <laughs> like, that? She knew. Yeah. Exactly what she was working with. Yes. She knew she could get anything she wanted. Like, Watching that 10 minutes all about Eve, I was like, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's really, I mean, when she comes in, she's kind of, she has like this little baby voice, you know, and she kind of like saunders in and it's so, she's so enigmatic. Your eye is just following her, you know, and I was just watching a film with her and Robert Mitchum, um, oh man, called The River of No Return, which was this little Western movie uh, where she's like a saloon gal, saloon mall, you know, (laughs) who's like all these gangsters, Wild West gangsters want to marry her. Mm -hmm. But she's in love with this rough and tumble dude, you know? <laughs> right. And so, uh, but like just seeing her, uh, the way that she carried herself, she just yeah. had it, you know? And so I think that a lot of these uh, women, these sort of prototypes, you know, 
people see that type and they sort of they they sort of gleam into it and they mm-hmm. they go along and that that type the kind of hair the kind of makeup the kind of stuff you know um and for me growing up like the two most beautiful women that i'd ever seen in my life uh were was elvira i was really obsessed with her mm-hmm. and, and rupaul i thought rupaul amazing until i was of a certain age um <laughs> was the most beautiful woman i'd ever seen I'd never seen a woman so beautiful. I remember just mm-hmm. being a kid and being like, Mom, when I grow up, I want to be RuPaul. <laughs> you know, my mom just being like, okay, well, whatever you want, you can be Now, it. did, because, I mean, again, growing up in our generation, yeah. I did not know RuPaul was a drag queen no. until high school. Yeah, same. You know? And so did your mom even, was that? No. Yeah. I'm sure she was just (laughs) laughing at me. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like, I just thought, here's this woman who is just, it's, she's like five women in one. Uh, You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And so she was just so tall. And Mm -hmm. so she was like a living doll, you know, always hair perfect, makeup perfect in these outfits that were just like doll clothes, you know? Yeah. Full. Tailored to. Yeah. The nth degree. Matching shoes with a matching purse, with a matching glove. Like everything was just, and I was fascinated with that, you know. And so that's kind of the 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 aesthetic that I go for now is somewhere with this, uh, what I like to say is like my aesthetic is not natural beauty. It's supernatural beauty, oh, you know. So it's like, it. <laughs> yep. you know, it's not uh, um, sort of, uh, I'm crafting something of my own, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because I, I'll never be thin or pale or anything like that, so I just might as well do my own thing, you know. But Elvira, I mean, ooh, and like what's also really juicy about this, the tea, mm-hmm. is that uh, Vampira sued Elvira. Ooh. Yeah, so that was the whole thing. And then they like, had a knife fight. I wish, <laughs> my guy. Because <laughs> like, yeah, I mean like, you know, they look so similar and she was like, <laughs> and it's really funny because like Elvira was like, I didn't steal this from you. I stole this from Morticia Adams. So really, snaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. And so, and yeah, that the the horror hostess um, has a very long history. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, there's a lot of people who are doing it online. There's a lot of horror hostesses. They they kind of all kind of look similar. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, then, I mean, it, this ties into outside of the film things that you mm. do. I mean, you also have been doing burlesque, mm. you know, for a while. So with that, I mean, since you do podcasting. Mm. You know, you do burlesque, you have this horror movie background. I mean, all of these things. You are a panelist at the local comic book convention. She's tired. (laughs) (laughs) But really, I mean, with all of those different things, like which of those stages Uh. feels the most comfortable? Which is the one that really allows you to have that most creative expression, the biggest creative endeavor i mean i think the least is podcasting okay um even though i am highly opinionated um and shocking (laughs) listen hey uh and uh and i'm also i have a great personality i'm humorous i'm entertaining as the days are long you know what i mean like even if i was getting thick and i'm just saying like you know uh i just you gotta call them like you see them Mm -hmm. um and uh, but podcasting is so strange sometimes you know Mm -hmm. uh so i feel really weird about that one um but I would say uh, I I love the rush of you you've been you're you're a performer mm-hmm. you know how it feels. Oh, I was in my youth. Wow, 
20, 40 years ago. (laughs) Uh, No, like, you know that feeling. You know that feeling when you are giving the people what they want. Mm -hmm. There is something about that exchange, you know, of being like, I am here. When, When you do something and you get that response back from people... God, I mean, like, you know, uh, it's just, it's incredible. Um, That feeling, I I really love live performance. I really like it. Um, I really enjoy, burlesque is a very sort of instant gratification sort of a thing. You know, I mean, like, it's amazing how excited people get for boobs. Um, (laughs) Never gets old. (laughs) Never gets old. Never gets old. They've seen them a million times. (laughs) They're free on the internet. What what is so funny? So years ago... When I was in Vegas, mm. uh, we went to go see Jubilee, uh. which is like one of those like old school Vegas shows. Nice. Big headdresses, yes. all of that. And it was actually, that was the last year that they were doing it. They were retiring mm. Jubilee. Mm. So sitting there watching this show that makes no damn sense. Uh-huh. Like it, the plot just is weird. You're not there but, for that. Exactly. <laughs> so they come in with these like big headdresses, yeah. ornate things, topless. Yeah. And... Seeing it, like seeing this big performance number, when that show started in like the, I want to say 60s mm-hmm. or earlier, I can absolutely see what, why people just lost their minds. They're like, <gasps> this, am, am I allowed to watch this? Like that salaciousness of it. Oh, you it, were over it. Not even over it, but I, like I understood it. Yeah. Like watching it, I was like, I get it. Because it is not just you're watching a big Vegas show. You're watching a big Vegas show where people are topless. Yeah, right. And so like, you know, transport yourself back. 30 years even, 50 mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. and it was a much bigger deal. But yeah. that, that instant gratification of like, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, because like before <laughs> it was like the only, the first time you really saw a pair of boobs was like your wedding night. You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. I mean, that's true. Yeah, back then. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you weren't just going to see it anywhere. Or like when the carnival would come through town and they would have like one little tent where they would have like maybe like one dancer there. What are you talking My dad, about? actually. So my, my dad, like, has told me these stories. Like, when... What Dust Bowl memory West are you... West Virginia. <laughs> West Virginia. Um, You're just like, yo, back in my well, day. Not in my day. When the carnival come to town and... We wrote our penny farthings <laughs> to the carnival. I'd gather up all my nickels. All right. and I'd go <laughs> to the Nickelodeon uh, where I could see a booby. Yeah. Uh, have you seen that, like, the ones where you, like, put your eyes in and you have, like, the little, yeah. like, hand crank thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just, I mean, yeah, from back then <laughs> to now, it, performing burlesque in 2018, yeah. that happens. Like, whatever, you know, a cloak comes off or mm-hmm. something, a fan, you know, yeah. unfolds. People go crazy. They do. I think it's like a magic trick, I think, really, is most of it. <laughs> I know? had no idea those were there. <laughs> it's like when you finally reveal, people are just like, whoa. <laughs> it's like, I knew what was under there. I was right. seeing it the whole time, but now I'm seeing it, you know? <laughs> like, I feel like people are always like, it's just their their butts are blown, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's a fun sort of a thing. Um, you know, I, I started doing burlesque in Texas. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, and, uh, which was, uh, which was great. Cause like nobody strips like how they strip in Texas. Um, Fair. <laughs> or I would say under certain, uh, parallel, okay. like anything like yes. a certain parallel of Georgia, the country, Mississippi, you go down, Louisiana, you go down, 
Mm. Some wild stuff, my guy. The world changes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the stuff that you see here in Seattle is baby stuff mm-hmm. comparatively to the stuff that I have seen. See, but then you start going, if you go down even further in the parallel, yeah. once you get to like the islands and yeah. then you get daggering, and you're like, okay, nope, go back up. Yeah, like, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, you go too deep into Mexico, my guy. Ooh, yeah. yeah, you're virgin eyes. <laughs> right. You're Christian eyes. <laughs> right. Just, yeah. I mean, it's it's you, you. So I learned a lot of the techniques mm-hmm. there, you know. Uh, and uh, burlesque was really a way of uh, sort of connecting these two sides of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, a, I'm a really, I'm an introvert kind of a person. I like uh, um, my my privacy, like mm-hmm. my alone time and stuff like that. Um, but on on the stage, though, I'm able to be as much of an attention whore, as much of a clown, mm-hmm. uh, as much uh, of a loud, obnoxious sort of person that I feel like I want to be. But like society doesn't society doesn't like women that are like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Society doesn't like a woman who's like well, this who has what do they call agency? Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. They they hate it. Ugh. They dab on it. Rip. Uh, <laughs> so. You know, like being able to be on stage and to be like the 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 crux of it is to be like I cannot control the way that people view me or my body in the world. I can't control what people say about me or what people think of me. I can't control the men that come up to me. I can't control what they say to me. I mm-hmm. can't control any of that stuff. Right. But when I'm on that stage. I call the shots. Mm-hmm. You look at me when I want you to look at me, how I want you to look at me. I show you what I want to show you. And when I'm done, I am done. That's mm-hmm. all you get, right? You know, and being able to go around and interact with people and be this person who's just like, I, you're just, you're here for the money. You know, I'm, I'm here to take your money. You right? know, I, I just being, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's, um, it's a really, really, really great and fun thing to do um, that I'm just not allowed to do. And I think for a lot of women who, gr- who get into burlesque, that's really what it is. It's, Absolutely. It's being this person that you're not, that society tells you you're not supposed to be, you know, which is sexual and uh, attention seeking and loud and too much and, you know, mm-hmm. outrageous and silly and stupid and girly and dumb and a bimbo or a vamp or, you know, you, you can be whatever the image that you want to be, mm-hmm. not what society tells you you well, are. And I experienced that when I was performing in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay. Who were you? Uh, so I started as just lighting technician okay. and then uh, transvestite, just one of the people uh-huh. in the background. Then I was lighting technician, technical director. Then I was riffraff. Yes. And then for the last four years of my performing career, uh-huh. Dr. Frankenfurter. Yes. Uh, <laughs> full, like, like. Oh, yeah. Full F- fishnets, heels, heels yes. custom corset that I still have in yes. my closet somewhere. Um, and it was that same thing uh-huh. where men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, people who were still finding themselves, because it was also in college. Yeah. And so you would get that introvert, you know, whoever, mm-hmm. who would come to auditions and kind of sit in the corner, mm-hmm. do something embarrassing like we would always make them do, because we were like, you need to be embarrassed now in front of these 20 people in a classroom at yeah. University of Oregon. Get it out. Before you get on stage yeah. in front of 150 people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you would get the introverted people, come showtime. Yeah. <laughs> like it was incredible and that was what I loved about Rocky is that 
it, it allowed you that safe space. And again, that is a term that sometimes gets misused these days or yeah, kind of totally. gets overused. But burlesque, Rocky Horror, things like that. And I think theater in general. Yeah affords you that safe space where you have be whatever you want, yeah. wear whatever you want, mm-hmm. project whatever image you want mm-hmm. in this space and know that you are safe, you are protected, yeah. you are wanted to be there. Like, it is fine. And then after the show, like the collective sigh, and I know you have heard this also in the dressing room, mm. the collective sigh when people are taking off heels after two hours <laughs> or peeling off fishnets. You have no idea. Or of course, like that sigh yeah. is real. Yes. <laughs> um, and I know that. From personal experience. So like. Yeah. And then, yeah, then you go to the after party and people are in their hoodies and sweats. Because it's just like, that is what they want to be in. Right. You know, and I think that, um, I think that's why I wish more men could get into burlesque. Because I think that they would also really discover a lot of things about themselves, you know. I mean, it's. I I learned a lot about myself in those (laughs) nearly 10 years I performed on Rocky Horror Picture Show. You learn a lot about yourself when you're wearing high heels. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I can. I mean, man, I had to learn how to run in high heels, uh, up ramps. Like, yeah. my, My heels have. Have some men have some men miles. have an easier time in high heels because of the fact that they have better calf strength. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's much easier to hold yourself up like that when you have bigger calf muscles. I mean, not to brag, <clears throat> but I'm going to. Uh, <sighs> one of my nicknames in the cast uh-huh. uh, was Legs. Wow. Uh, <laughs> That's a humble brag. Because I had the best legs in the cast. <laughs> um, given And that, again, just like Oprah of the Underworld, yeah, that yeah. was a nickname that was given to me. Yeah. Uh, so that should be like your burlesque name. Legs. Yeah. Legs McGee. <laughs> that should be. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever thought about going back into performance? I would love to. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily for Rocky, because I think that, I mean, Barry Bostwick, who, mm. of course, plays Brad in Rock Herpick Show, uh-huh. in one of the documentaries, he talks about the importance of sometimes you got to know when to hang up the heels. Yeah. You know, and so I might not ever do something like Rocky again, uh-huh. but I, I, I crave to be on the stage again. Yeah. Like, and it physically hurts me when I go to theater. I saw In the Heights recently uh-huh. at uh, Seattle Rep. Nice. Beautiful production, uh, beautiful musical, physically pained me uh. that I'm no longer on stage performing. Uh, yeah. Like, it it hurts. But, yeah. you know, it just, it is. So, at some point, I'm sure I will do something. I mean, when I go to festivals, yeah. film festivals, and I'm able to interview people and everything, like, it gives me a little bit of that yeah. also. So you gotta find yeah. it. You gotta come back. She's calling you. Oh, the, the stage. stage oh, it... stage is calling you. <laughs> <laughs> but to come full circle, though, I think that's also what I like about horror movies. Mm. You know, is like it's a controlled environment. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so I I have a lot of phobias. I'm like I'm terrified of everything. <laughs> um, and so with a horror film, it's a controlled fear, you know. I don't I don't like roller coasters. Mm-hmm. I don't like planes. I don't like fast cars. I don't, there's a lot of things I do not like, right? Humans. But humans, <laughs> yuck. Um, I, just so many things. Uh, but when you're in a horror movie, it's like 90 minutes of, of controlled fear, heightened emotions. Mm-hmm. It's in a box. It's in this black mirror, you know, of which is, uh, which is controlled inside of your room, of which you get to control. Mm-hmm. You know, you can turn all the lights on. You can lock the door, you know. Uh, you have this controlling of this environment, and it's this, it's this controlled fear. Uh, and I, I get a lot out of that uh, element. I mean, for me, horror movies now, they have to give me something. I, since I've seen so many, mm-hmm. they have to just – they have to give me something – something different. Yeah. I mean, like 
that scene in Hereditary when Homegirl's head popped off. <laughs> My guy, spoiler alert. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you, you got to see that. And movie. it was something where, again, being and again, I I will not even. I mean, my my horror knowledge is like I'm close to yours. Mm. You kind of see it coming. It is a little bit telegraphed, but yeah. you you still part of you does not believe it is no, going to happen. No, it's it's like part so, of you thinks that it oh, comes no, it, out of nowhere. Yeah, like, you don't think that that's going to happen. That, you know something bad's going to yeah, happen. Yeah. But you don't know that's going to happen. Ugh. She's like it's like the scene in Psycho. She's like the main character in yeah. that movie. We've been following her throughout the entire film, and so when she gets killed, and it's like two thirds of the way in the movie, you're like, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> now what happens? You know, and like the way. Oh my God, when I went to go see it, it was great. A girl left crying, right? Wow. Which is like the mark of a good horror yep. film. You Absolutely. know, somebody leaves in her in hysterics. That's the the best. Um, and then there was a part where Tony's driving. Do you remember this part? And she's driving, 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 and then she hears the in the back uh, seat. Yep. Yeah. And everybody jumped. Everybody leaped. It was so it was so good. Good horror is like, it's like a tightening of a guitar string. Yeah. It just gets tighter and tighter and tighter. And you know it's going to snap, but you just never know when. And if that snap gets you, you're just there. You're in that tensity. You know, you're you're there. You're, you're so tightly wound. You're just waiting for the snap. You want the snap, you know. It's not It's not something that you are, you're dreading it because you know it's going to hurt. But mm-hmm. also you're like, just do it. Just do it. Just give it to me. I want it so badly. That's. I think that's why I keep coming back to horror, you know. And that, I mean, that definitely makes sense. I mean, even though you sound like did not like A Quiet Place. No. What I liked about A Quiet Place, mm. we talked about being emotionally manipulated. Uh-huh. Being in that theater for A Quiet Place was the most captivating audience oh, yeah. that I have been a part of. Yeah, fair. Because I'm sitting next to, and I've told this story before, but uh, one of a friend and fellow critic, Mike, is sitting mm-hmm. next to me. He reached into his popcorn bag, yeah, took up a handful of popcorn and held it, yeah, like five inches in front of his <laughs> face for fifteen minutes, yeah, because he did not want to be like a he was captivated, yeah, but b he did not want to be that person in the theater <laughs> like. <laughs> no, it's like, true. But it was just like yeah. that whole theater was just on pins and needles, yeah. and so you know, say what you will about the movie itself, but that type of energy, yeah was unlike anything that I had experienced in a long time. Yeah, and I that I will say that that's that was very well executed. I mm-hmm. really really like that. There was a girl who was behind me who had like candy, a candy bar, oh, and no. like was just like slowly <laughs> opening it. Which makes it worse. Just the open enti- it once. Yeah, just- she was just like Ugh, yeah, <laughs> for like 20 minutes until this dude who was like two seats in front of me was like just do it. Do it, you know. <laughs> it's just that was really really great, mm-hmm. you know. I mean there's just there were so many elements of the film that I was like I I saw this coming. Fair. It, it was really kind of predictable to me. Um, there were very there were so many parts where I was just like, wait, why didn't you just move near the waterfall? Why yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Just... We can talk here. It... So put a tent yeah. over there. Yeah, move your home. Just mm-hmm. you know, and like stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, little things like that. I was like, why? Why you put that baby in that box? Can you give that baby some milk? Or live downstairs. <laughs> yeah. You know, in the place where you can talk and you can be all fine. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah, and also a mattress. 
That's the only thing that's covering. They just had a mattress that they that it, there were parts of that movie that drove me crazy. Fair. Oh, yep. she just has a baby and is just like up being like, "What's going on? What's what's popping? What's happening?" Hey, I mean, when when hormones stuff like it, the human body is an amazing machine. <laughs> that's, that's wild, my yeah. guy. I mean, it was there were so many things uh, you could have given that baby some milk. She was yeah, that was sad. I mean, like she was pregnant for a mm-hmm. while. They didn't store milk? That drove me crazy. That drove me crazy. Like, it just, it doesn't, you could tell. It was like, the whole entire time, I was like, this is written by a dude. This is written mm. by a grown man who did not ask his wife how babies work. <laughs> and so it just, it, there were so many things like that that just drove me crazy. Um, but yeah, that and, you know, um, yeah, I, I think it was... Uh, I don't know. This is kind of a weird thing, but it was weird to see a husband and wife duo. I don't know why it was so weird for me. Oh, you mean like me. the real life John Krasinski, Emily Blunt. And his real actual as wife. husband and wife. Yeah. That I, was... think it, I think it worked. Yeah. And especially when you watch some of the behind the scenes stuff mm. and you listen to the, some of the interviews, that type of chemistry that you have from being husband and wife and translating it to a working relationship. Yeah. I think, it, I think they pulled it off really well. I think that there's a communication level mm. and a professional level then it is like hey i know you're tired i know you've been doing all of this but also like he talked about how like he was there when she actually gave birth to their kids right and so during that scene like there was a familiarity to it Mm -hmm. that i think really played through so yeah i just i don't know granted they were dumb and they did dumb (laughs) stuff yes (laughs) so much dumb stuff um yeah i don't i don't know why it just didn't it didn't really resonate with me that i will always see him as jim halpert uh, and to see him as like this like grizzled macho man, you know, it's like it's so strange. I want to laugh in his face. That's mean. Yeah, that is. I know, I know, but I still want to laugh in his face. You know, I, it's just weird. But okay. so it was a great year for horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also this movie, uh, not movie, this TV show called uh, House on Haunted Hill. House on Haunting Hill or Haunted Hill? Yeah. Did you watch it? I did. I saw their panel. And got to see the... Of course. Of well, yeah. Course, I know. <laughs> at New York Comic Con. You met the actors. You uh, met the director. I did not get a chance to meet them. You wrote some episodes. Um, <laughs> no. Um, but no, I, so I saw their panel at New York Comic Con before yeah. the show came out. They showed us clips from it. Uh-huh. Did you watch it? The yeah, whole thing? The whole thing. Yeah. My only issue with it was... So it was solid. It was uh-huh. really, really solid. This might just be my thing with horror movies. Okay. I do not really like happy endings. Oh, I feel like I mean, the, hot take. the way that the house on a haunted hill uh-huh. and I will not go into spoilers because it is still relatively new. It came out a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So spoiler embargo is still there. The house is haunted. Yes. OK, <laughs> I just I don't really like the ending. Uh-huh. I feel like I just it's still a sad ending, though. Kind of, but I... not really, because I mean, yeah, we will talk about it off mic. OK, but yes, the, the show itself was solid. Yeah. Um, And as as you know, I'm watching it. Mm hmm. Looking in the background and being yes. like, there's a ghost yes. there, there's a ghost there. Yes. And that they did not focus on that. Yes. That it was not a gimmick. It was not, My look at this ghost guy. and then boom, jump. Yes. It was just like, nope. That, it messed with me mm-hmm. so much because there would be, okay, I'm I'm laying on my side, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A total millennial watching <laughs> watching my Netflix in my bed, you know? Uh, and then I'm just like, I'm looking at it, looking at it and being like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Let me pause this real. But then you pa- pausing it makes it worse. Yeah, and then you look and it's like, 
oh, that's a, that's a dead little boy that's just staring directly at me in this screen mm-hmm. while these people are ha- making sandwiches. Mm-hmm. There's just like a, there's just a ghost that's just dead center in the middle of the frame. There was so so yeah. it scared me. And I, I watch horror movies for fun, to relax, you know, like <laughs> to unwind. No judgments, but that is weird. <laughs> I like I like horror movies. The thing with horror movies is a lot of them are really low. They they have a really low kind of a register because it's you okay. know it's, it's about suspense and so right, right. you know the sound isn't really that loud all the time. Uh, but that that show. The 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 bent neck lady yeah. episode, um, the the times when they would just cut to and there would just be hands, mm-hmm. you could just see hands like out from underneath a table and nobody's acknowledging it, you know that kind of stuff got to me. There was also some shots where they would they would do like a like a pan or they mm-hmm. would do you know like a moving camera and like a large face. And they would just move through the rooms yep. and it would just pan over a huge face, you know, or long hair or something like that. That scared me yep. because then after that, all I was thinking about was like in the periphery, way back here in the back of your eyes, you know, is there's someone standing there, mm-hmm. you know, which was terrifying. Yep. I loved it. Yeah. Now that was, it was a super solid show. Yeah. Definitely enjoyed it. I just I think that the last twenty minutes were not my favorite. Okay, but fair overall. Show's great. It ramped yeah. up tension really well. Yeah, loved all the Easter eggs. Yeah, and the guy, um, the guy Mike Flanagan, I think, who directed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I've never liked anything he's ever done. Wow. Yeah, no, he made this one movie called Oculus, which oh, was yeah. just it was a bad movie. Was, that was pretty rough. He makes uh, yeah, but the long take, uh, the long shot. Um, in episode, I want to say six, mm. when it is one take for like 10 minutes as it goes around the funeral parlor. Oh, uh, yeah. As I'm watching that episode, I start piecing it after like they transition from one room to the next mm-hmm. and then they go back and I was like, this is all one take. Yeah. And it kept going and kept going. Like that was yeah. tremendous. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that. I don't know where, because I'm, I'm a big fan of the original book. Um, mm. the, the original, or the Cats and Zeta Jones movie from the 90s. My guy. Do not get me started. <laughs> uh, that movie, if you watch it again, it's, it, it is awful. It gets more offensive yeah, it as is it real gets on. Bad. It's so bad. But the original, uh, the 1960s, um, uh, The Haunting, uh, uh, that movie. And the book, the Shirley Jackson book, is peak gothic horror, mm. peak psychological horror. It's so well executed, so terrifying. Um, and I was not a fan when I heard about this about this TV show because they were like, it's nothing like it. It's nothing like the book. It's nothing really? like the movie. Yeah, it's nothing. They rewrote huh. everybody. They rewrote every character. They rewrote the whole entire plot. Uh, and I was I was the first person that was like, this is trash. I hate it. I was a hater. I was drinking my haterade. Then you saw the first episode and you were like, sold. I was like, I owe an apology. Uh, yeah, it was so good. Uh, yeah, I was. That rarely ever happens because I'm always right. Um, wow. So, <laughs> wow. Um, so, but I will admit, I was wrong about that show. It was great. 
Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 2018. I don't know if you saw that Vanity Fair article that was like 2018 is the worst year for horror. <laughs> Whatever. That was dumb. <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, my God. The horror community was like pitchforks ready. Mm-hmm. People were ready. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a great year for horror. So nice. Yeah. Well, that was 2018. Looking ahead to 2019. Yeah. The series that you put together with Northwest Film Forum. Whoa, look at this tie-in. Look at this. What a profesh. Uh, you know, I do what I can. Wow. Uh, so Northwest Film Forum is a local theater and mm. kind of not co-op space, but really just community space mm. where you can have screenings there. They host film festivals there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing they do is they have these series, I almost said series of events. <laughs> yes. uh, they have these events uh-huh. where certain people uh, either curate the movies themselves or they moderate them. You managed to do both. So you have an upcoming series. Yes. So there are going to be four movies from January 7th mm-hmm. to uh, April, what is it, 7th? No, uh, January 17th through April 18th. Yes, sir. So once a month, you will be showing a movie of your choice. Yes. Uh, and having a discussion about it and kind of talk about, maybe not discussion about it, but talk about your plans for this nocturnal emissions film series yeah. that you will be doing. It's a double entendre. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. thanks. Um, I, mean, I thought of that name by myself. I was just saying. Um, so so I got, okay, four movies to start with, mm-hmm. right? The first one is Phantasm, right. which is a bananas, bonkers, <laughs> cuckoo. So weird. Super weird movie. It's like, it's a classic though, horror movie, which yeah. not a lot of people have seen. Um, okay. I mean, like the 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 I don't know if you remember the ball with the spikes yep. on it, like that kind of stuff <laughs> is iconic when it comes to horror. Mm-hmm. But not a lot of people have seen this movie. Okay, it's really indescribable. Uh, there's like a super tall dude. Yep. Um, there's like a fly that's really big. Mm-hmm. There's like a a ball with spikes on it. You just gotta see it, you know. Uh, the next movie that we're gonna be doing is Ganja and Hess, which I'm really mm-hmm. excited about. Definitely excited about that one. That's a movie. It's a it's a black exploitation horror. It's a a, it's a black starring, um, black written, black directed 1970s movie about two people who turn into vampires and their volatile relationship mm-hmm. as they are trying to figure out. I mean, it's not vampirism in the sort of way, you know, like uh, America's number one favorite vampire movie, A Vampire in Brooklyn, starring Eddie Murphy. Yes. <laughs> Which is a classic. Love that movie. <laughs> Uh, we should do a commentary track on that. It does not age well. No, so. I, bet, I bet not. <laughs> a lot we, should, of, we should do a commentary track. Yeah, on totally. That. A lot of Eddie Murphy stuff doesn't age well. well. Um, so, um, but it's it's a really thoughtful um, piece that was originally supposed to be uh, kind of like a blackula kind of mm-hmm. a thing. It was supposed to be um, this really kind of like jive, turkey, funky time right. vampire stuff, and yet. Uh, the director and the writer somehow managed to also do all these kinds of subplots about the feelings that black people have, the alienation between your black identity and what the world thinks you are. Uh, These two people are vampires, but they actually really don't like each other, but they're the only two bloodthirsty people that they know. So they have to rely Mm. on each other. You know, they have to kind of navigate like, who do we kill? How do we kill uh, in a world that already views them as monsters? You know, gotcha. Okay. So how do you live like that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's really great. Um, I can't wait. It's really hard to find. So not a lot of people have seen this as well. Okay. Um, the next one that we've got is People <laughs> Under the Stairs. Uh huh. 
What, what is this? So this is a. I have feelings about this movie. Yeah. I remember the trailers. I remember the commercials yeah. for this. It looked terrifying. Yeah. It made me, without even seeing it, it made me scared to go down and up the stairs in my parents' house yes. and under the stairs. Crawl spaces or no. Right. And then I saw the movie. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I have no idea why I thought it was scary. I mean, it, it, you this, saw it recently as an adult or you saw it when you were a kid? I think I saw parts of it when I was a kid, but the... the the last time I remember watching the full thing uh-huh. was as an adult a couple years ago. And like we talked about, it has that kind of Crypt Keeper level yeah. of like, it, it was almost more a comedy than a horror. Yeah. Like scary stuff happens, but watching it as an adult, I was like, watching the trailer, it makes you think this is a horror movie. And I was like, it really is not. Like, so I'm interested to see kind of what kind of happened, like with this screening. Yeah. Now, are you going to be doing like, not necessarily Q&A, but any sort of like discussions are going to have some yeah. talks about these. I mean, n- yes and no. Okay. Um, I mean, most of it's going to be life, life performance burlesque, trivia, nice. those kinds of things, uh, prizes and stuff like that. Um, but for Ganja and Hess, I really do want to have a bring in somebody to talk to you about this because I think that that is it's a different kind of movie. Absolutely. Um, it's not uh, like the other three are kind of like they're they're each kind of movies that you can just like go and have fun with you know but Gunjan has has a little bit more subtext to it and so I kind of want to go um deeper into that um but yeah no it's not an academic kind of a thing okay. I mean like we're beginning with boobies and we're ending with blood blood and guts and so it's so, it's a fun kind of a night out speaking of ending what is the final film the final film <laughs> is a classic mm-hmm. criterion collection uh, snubbed. Yep. I was going to say, wait, I was waiting for something. Uh, this movie called Slumber Party Massacre. Okay, Two. Wait a second, wait a second. So let me go back to The People Under the Stairs. Okay. The People Under the Stairs was Get Out before Get Out was Get Out. Ooh, I, ugh. Yes. Ooh. Yes. That's a hot take. You better take that hot mm. take. You better put on some gloves, my guy. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that is, yes, it was, it was the first movie that was like don't go into white people's houses. Okay, well, that that much, yes. <laughs> don't. They got some weird stuff in their basement. You get out of there. And as like a little black kid, mm-hmm. like the number one fear was like a weird kooky white person's basement. You know what I mean? Okay. And so I think that that, that movie was really, it was really scary to me as a kid. Gotcha. Uh, it's Wes Craven, mm-hmm. uh, which is really interesting. Uh, and I, I think that in a post Get Out world, it it has resonance, hmm. so I I I want you to look at it with your Jordan Peele cleansed eyes. Oof. Yeah, that yeah, is, yeah, okay. It's a classic bop. Okay, yeah. Stay out of white people's basements. Well, fair. Okay, fair. <laughs> um, and then Summer Party Massacre two. two. <laughs> Which, you know, I know that people are going to be like, what happened to Slumber Party Massacre 1? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not even worth talking about. Or 3. Right. Slumber Party Massacre 2 <laughs> is both the prequel and the sequel to Slumber Party Massacre 2. Okay. Do you understand what I'm AKA trying to say? AKA a mess. It's, it's the best movie that you've ever seen about a bunch of teenagers being killed with a drill. Uh, okay. And where is that drill located? At the end of a guitar. There it is. Yep. <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> and you're going to be asking yourself while you're watching this. First of all, what we're doing is we're having a slumber party oh. to go along with Slumber Party Massacre. Okay. Right? Pajamas are welcome. Pajamas are welcome. Bring your onesies. Bring your favorite, you know, your stuffy. Do you remember stuffies? Yeah. Do you remember that? Where it was like, it was a stuffed animal. Then you turn it inside. It was a pillow. I wanted one of those so badly. Well, and then the newer versions is Pillow Pet. Yes, a Pillow Pet. It's bring Pillow. It's a pet. It's Pillow Pet. I have nieces and nephews. Yes. And, uh, to these vocals. Mariah yeah. who? Right. <laughs> well, and then we had popples also. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, so bring your popples. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, so we're going to be doing that. Someone may die. Who knows? Mm, you know, fair. it's like, you know, we're just going to leave the night open. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie uh, was one of the first movies to be written and directed all by women. Uh, really? It's, yes. It's a predominantly female Did crew. Not know that. Uh, to predominantly female actresses. Well, yeah. Um, and so it's it's a really kind of like proto, this woman who is like, I'm going to play with this genre. I'm going to mm-hmm. play with the slasher genre. Uh, it's not, it's not, I wouldn't describe it as like, oh, this was like a proto-feminist. What's feminist about it is that this woman was like, I'm going to do this on my own mm-hmm. terms. Yeah. You know, that's the feminist I- idea of it. It's still a bunch of like horny teenagers being right. killed with a drill. Don't go all the way. <laughs> it's so, and they're like totally like, oh, we're going to have so much fun here at your dad's condo. <laughs> right. You know, like, and it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, there's a part where they all lose their tops for no reason. Well, they, and like the pervy guys, you're like, I didn't know girls actually did this. Yeah, yeah, where he's like in the window. Fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on. Whoa, boo. <laughs> You know. Boner alert. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like, stuff like that. The movie is amazing. Uh, and like your life will be changed. You'll be like, how did I ever live without seeing this film? Okay. Uh, so this, that's those are the first four entries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm trying to keep some surprises for mm. each of the uh, each of the screenings. You know okay. what I mean? Uh, have some people show up, some 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 surprise performances, stuff like that. Some surprise prizes, surprise prizes, surprise prizes. All, all prizes are okay. Um, <laughs> so um, you know stuff like that. It's not going to be. It, it, Different than my panels, which are usually very academic, mm-hmm. uh, this is not academic. You might actually go and leave stupider than you came in. Hopefully. I think after Slumber Party Massacre 2. Yeah. Oof. A classic. TCM mm. is calling. Mm. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's it's so... Oh, my God. I love this movie so much. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So those are going to be... Once a month. Yeah, third uh, Thursday of the month. Okay, and I definitely will put the link to that in the show notes so people Bless. can click through. Yeah. Uh, Please come see this because I'm so broke. Like, <laughs> the more tickets I sell, the mm-hmm. more money I get to walk away hey. with. You know how expensive rhinestones are, my guy? Do you know how expensive tassels are? I have some of both of those, I think, I uh, mean, in a box somewhere. Okay, you got to spread that wealth. Like if I open a certain box that I have in my cost or have in my closet with all my costume stuff, just yes. glitter. Yeah, just explodes. Everywhere. Just yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really expensive to be a stripper. Nobody <laughs> talks about it. There's just not enough like funds. You know what I mean? United Strippers mm-hmm. of America. You right. know, I mean, like you can't be out here walking these streets. Well, you can't actually. Man, how's it? Go to 90, 99 and like one <laughs> fortieth. You know. I mean, it's it's tough, uh, but but it's it's going to be fun because you mm-hmm. know people in Seattle, right? Uh, I'm not going to say we because I don't I don't 
I don't consider myself to be a Seattleite. You okay. know what I mean? But people in Seattle, I think, are they have a distance. You know, they don't. They, they want to go inside. They want to brew their kombuchas and their IPAs. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They want. They want to be left alone to live in peace. You know. Right. But I, I'm trying to pull people mm-hmm. out. I'm trying to pull people out. And I'm trying to pull you down into the grave. Trying to pull you down into the depths of hell because it's nice here. We have we have cookies. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm trying. To, it's it's we're all chilling. We're all hanging out. Me and Satan. You know. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's and we're just having a great time. And I wanna I wanna get people out out into the open, hanging out with each other, being stupid, having nice. a good time, watching dumb movies. Uh, yeah, watching people be murdered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Relaxing, calming. And I definitely think that with the films that you have chosen for this first series, yeah, people are going to have fun. I Even if so. it is just, again, laughing at the absurdity of yeah. movies that at one point people thought were terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Watching them now and being like, okay, wow. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing, nice. you know, is like horror is something that we you constantly have to re-examine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because mostly, well, no, actually, I, I take that back because I was going to say like mostly movies stay the same, like movies that are romantic stay the same. That's not really true. There's some movies that you see that were real romantic before and you're like, wow, that's a crime. Yeah. That's a crime now. You mm-hmm. would go to jail now. Some of those like black and white movies where the man just like grabs her neck. Yeah. Like, shit, and there's like match yeah, each other's yeah. face and you're like, Ugh. I'm like, my guy, like, <laughs> is there mace around? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Have you watched You on Netflix? No. Oh, my God. Have you heard of it? Yes. <laughs> it's a Lifetime channel. Ugh. You already lost me. Don't, don't. No. Do, come on. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? It's like, it is a prototype Lifetime channel, it's like, you know, like a white girl. She's in the city. Mm -hmm. She's alone. She finds the man of her dreams. Gets assaulted. But he's not who she thinks he is. Of course. (laughs) He's a psycho. And it's Pim Badgley, gossip girl herself. Um, and he is stalking her, but it's from his perspective, right? And so, like, he's like, I'm doing this because I love you. And people are, like, full on falling for it. It's, it, the, the TV show gives me an ulcer. I have heartburn now. I have agita. I have sciatica, okay? My vision's blurry. The show has ruined my life. I've never known peace since wow. I've seen this this show. It is so... I don't know. I just wanted to tell you about it. Okay. Watch this show. It'll ruin your life. It'll hmm. just... It's the worst TV just show. Just what I was looking for. <laughs> I can't wait for season two, my guy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. the show's gonna be so much fun. And if the four shows are successful, mm-hmm. we have have a super long list of other movies that we want awesome. to bring to people, you know, and I think that people will love. I I want to talk about. It. I want to talk. I want to tell people, you know, like you're gonna want to come to these these first four shows mm-hmm. because you're gonna want to see these other movies that we want to show. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing really like it in Seattle. True. You know, there's nothing really where it's like come see a movie. Uh, hosted by a delicious, velvety, <laughs> caramel, angel-voiced, demon-faced <laughs> 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 woman of your nightmares. 
um, uh, and see a crazy movie and maybe walk around, maybe walk away with a prize, some cool swag that you, you know, maybe answer some trivia, maybe uh, get stabbed. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like it's a grab bag. You know what I mean? So I think okay. that it's 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 something that um, people really aren't used to in Seattle. And I want to bring that, you know, to to Seattle. Seattle needs nice. to liven up. Sounds Seattle. good. Yeah. Uh, and then where can people find you on social media? Where can they follow up with Northwest Film Forum yeah. to get the most information? Of course, I will put the link to Northwest Film Forum Thank in you. the show notes. Yeah, where can people find you on the social medias? Uh, if you're a man of a certain age, uh, <laughs> maybe you are uh, very sick and also very rich. Mm. Uh, you can look me up. Uh, I'm on. Uh, I'm on Tinder. I'm on OkCupid. Okay I'm on mm-hmm. Grinder for funsies. Okay. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. You know what I mean? Like if you are so close to death. Um, and and you, have millions of dollars. Yeah, and you're just looking for some place to put it. Uh, hit me up. Hit your girl up. Uh, you can also find me at isabellaelprice.com, which is my horror blog where I write about horror movies and uh, where I update on what where I'm at in my panels and my live shows and stuff like that. Uh, you can also hit me up on Twitter at N-O-C-E-M-I-S-S, knock and miss. Nocturnal emissions was too long for Twitter, yeah. apparently. Uh, so it's at knock and miss. Please hit me up. I would love to hear, especially like if anybody has true real life hauntings or ghost mm. stories, mm-hmm. you've seen a Bigfoot. If you were going to the Safeway and it was 3 a.m. and you swear to God you saw an alien, I believe it, especially in Fremont. I've seen some wild stuff there. Center of the universe. <laughs> I mean, my guy. Uh, if you've seen a, a Squatch, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Tell me, I want to hear about it. I love that kind of stuff. The, the Pacific Northwest is like a is a liminal space. Yeah. Um, you can find me there. You can find Nocturnal Emissions Show on Facebook, mm-hmm. Isabella L. Price on Facebook. Uh, and yeah, you can slide into my DMs, Isabella L. Price uh, Instagram. DMs wide open. Just, Boom. Just <laughs> lube yourself up and just slip right wow. on it. <laughs> wow. There it is. Especially if you're old and rich, Jeff Bezos. Hi. Right. (laughs) Uh, Nice. And then for uh, this podcast, for the About to Review podcast, you can find it on all forms of social media at About to Review, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.com slash About to Review. Full links to the show notes and guests like Isabella Price and all of her work is going to be in the show notes on AboutToReview.com. There's also a support tab. Uh, on the website aboutreview.com. So if you want to do a direct PayPal donation, that would be great. Keeps the lights on in the studio. There's also an Amazon wish list. Yeah. If you're an elderly man who wants to sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Who just has a will, has spot in their will open. John's open to sugar daddies. So at least for the podcast, just like, hey, I need to keep these lights on. In this economy? Come on. Right. (laughs) Got to make it happen. Uh, so yeah, uh, new episodes are out every week of the About to Review podcast here to amplify diverse voices in media. On this week's episode, I have been joined by a friend and podcaster and filmmaker and burlesque dancer and Oprah of the underworld herself, <laughs> Isabella Price. Well, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I can say uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Humble <laughs> to the very end. So thank you so much, Izzy. Yes, it's been your pleasure. 
Uh, indeed it has. And the <laughs> listeners. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. To get ourselves a treat.